Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big Sills! Dude, wow. Unbelievable news. Unbelievable news. And let me start the show off by doing this. Let's all let's all gather around here. Ready? Let's all gather around here. And if you're Lamar Jackson, you're doing this, dear God. Thank you very much for Jalen Hurts. Thank you for Jalen getting his deal done, putting the parameters out there, and showing me the light. Thank you very much. In heavenly dollar's name, amen, Lamar Jackson. Dude, hey, I guess that guy ain't so stupid after all, huh? What is it? 80 million? First year, 112, second year, 156, 208, and four? I guess he ain't that dumb after all. I guess this guy's not a dumbass after all, is he? Guy represented himself. No tag and no trade. Kudos to Lamar Jackson. By the way, Jalen Hurts is the Pied Piper to this. He's totally the Pied Piper. Everyone now is going to fall in suit. And quite frankly, I'll tell you one thing else he's done. Jalen Hurts has also done this for all these quarterbacks whose contracts are up. He showed you how to do it right. No noise. Don't kick your heels up. Don't be a nuisance because you know why? The money's so great. Don't make yourself look like Aaron Rodgers and make yourself feel like you're better than everybody else on your roster. That's what Jalen did. Jalen set a tone around his $51 million. Got to say, man, it's one of the greatest and most professionally negotiated contracts for that kind of money I've ever seen. That all goes back to Hertz, his agent. And, and Howie, and the owner, of course. The four folks did this right. You're already hearing Tom Telesco. Yeah, we're working on something. No, you're not. It's the Spanos family. How could you be working on anything? You got Mike Brown and the Bengals. What do you think they're working on? Trying to figure out ways on how they can hijack Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts got to deal. Dude, Jalen's in the best order. I, I got to say, I'm trying to figure, is there a better organization right now to play for? Is there, a, is there a better organization right now to play for than the Eagles? 
Where would you want to play? Hey, let's take the Eagles out of the equation. What organization in the NFL, not counting the Eagles, where you would want to play? Where? Pittsburgh? Kansas City. Kansas City, fly. Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Where else? Pit, Buffalo? Buffalo? Buffalo Payne, Allen. Where, where else would you, where else would you want to, don't use the, don't use the Eagles. Jacksonville? I think you got to have a little more time there with Doug. I think Doug needs a little more time to build that thing up. I, I, so a couple guys here. Seattle, John Schneider, Pete Ka- But how long is Pete going to be there? What's that going to look like when Carroll's not there either? Who's going to take over for Pete Carroll in Seattle? 71 years old. That's not going on much longer. Okay? It's not going on much longer. Where else, man? Atlanta? Fan base is great. Fan base is great. Arthur Blank, the owner, is great. Um, Atlanta? How about David Tepper in Carolina? Maybe David Tepper? Right? Yeah, yeah, Arthur Blank is a great owner. New Orleans? My point is this. The Eagles have to be the best place right now if you're an NFL player to want to go to work. That's crazy cool. They're in Kansas City. Kansas City and Philadelphia are the two best places to play in the NFL. Buffalo and Pittsburgh are probably... A close second, third, or third and fourth. Probably somewhere like that. Miami, I do not want to play for Steven Ross. That guy has no, not, not a chance. I do not want to play. Chris Greer's a good GM. But I, I, I don't like the owner, Steven Ross. Too Harry Carey in how he does business. Jalen Hurts has the best of everything. He's got a great GM. He's got a great owner. He's got a great fan base. He's got a great roster. And he's got a great opportunity to get his team back to a Super Bowl again. I'll tell you one thing I will give the Eagles credit for, too. Unlike what the Rams had to go through, you know what they did? They did, did, did doesn't it seem that Philadelphia stepped on the gas pedal? Who, who said this? Somebody said this. The Eagles have not lost momentum since the Super Bowl. How many times do you see organizations lose momentum as they get closer to the, you know, free agency, the draft? And when they come off of, especially a Super Bowl loss, even a win, you kind of lose momentum. The Eagles have kept momentum going. They've stayed on the gas pedal. Actually, I actually think they've stepped on the gas pedal more. You know, some of you hold my feet to the fire. And you should, and you should, 
Sills, you said on March 13th this team had no chance to make the playoffs. I did. As of March 13th? Well, as of May 4th. From March 13th to May 4th, I don't know how many days that is. Somebody help me out. You know, Big Sills didn't go to Miami as a mathematician. (laughs) But since March 13th to May 4th, they flipped a script. They have flipped a script. They have flipped it. It's unbelievable. Drafting, A. Free agency, A. 50 days. Howie Roseman has done all of this, Kyle, in 50 days? Jalen's contract done. Getting Kelsey back. Getting your corners back. Getting a star running back. Drafting the best player in the draft by some, including yours truly. Getting getting a sleeper star in Nolan Smith. Dre, thank you. Dre, I'm loving your show. The Howie Show. Dude, I've, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to think of a general manager that has done this kind of retooling. It's not rebuilding. This is retooling. I'm trying to think of a GM over the last couple of years that has retooled like this. New England. But see, it's easy to retool when you have Brady. Yeah, that's right. Latin Inferno, you still got June 1 yet. Where players are going to be sa- salary casualty cap guys. Absolutely, there's another part of the calendar that's still yet to come. Wow. Man. By the way, we're going to switch it up today. Hour number three. One of the top 20 players in the history of the NBA. We're going to talk Embiid. And we're also going to talk NBA playoffs. I'm actually looking forward to watching the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors tonight. I am. They have me, they have me appointment setting. Rick Barry's going to join us. And we'll get his thoughts on Embiid winning the NBA's most valuable player from a guy who won the NBA's most valuable player award. Remember something. Barry's an MVP, finals MVP, champion, ABA and NBA. One of the greatest analysts of all time because he tells you the way it is, not the way you want to hear it. We'll get his thoughts, how important Embiid is to the 76ers. I know they got killed last night. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but Rick Barry will join us in hour number three. That'll be at 5.30 Eastern. General goes, and you crapped on us for three years. Why so long? Because I didn't believe the way you rip a team apart, the way Howie Roseman rips teams apart every year, and the way you threw a football game, General, and the way you sabotaged Doug Peterson was professional and was the way to go on how you want to get to where you want to go. That's why. That's why so long. The Eagles had to build trust up with me in what they were doing. And I'll say this to you too, General. The owner chose right. 
The owner chose right. Doug's a great coach. I love Doug Peterson. The general manager's better. The GM's better than Doug. He's better than Doug. He's more important than Doug. And Doug's a hell of a coach. Doug's one of my top five coaches in the NFL. I'd love and I would want to play for him. But but how he's more important than Doug Peterson. Okay? Cap. Veteran free agency. Trades. The way he did the, the contract with Jalen. 50 days. He completely gave the team a facelift. And it looks great. It almost looks better than it did a year ago. It's just not as experienced. You're more athletic, but you have less experience. That's why. Yes. Throwing the game at the final game of the year to see Nate Sunfeld is not a way for me to sit here and tell you that I think your general manager is a good GM and sabotaging Doug Peterson. But since that game, yes, he's changed my opinion on him. So is that fair enough? You asked, I told you. Okay? And like I've told you before about opinions, I don't change my opinion. The players change their performance. Or the coach or GM. My opinion changes with your success or failure. Like when Mike Missinelli asked me, so have you flip-flopped on Jalen Hurts? I went to Mike Missinelli. Did you flip-flop on Carson Wentz? He goes, I guess I did. Mike didn't flip-flop. Carson Wentz just got worse. That's not flip-flopping. That's reality. Again, having an opinion doesn't mean you have to be a fortune teller. Because if I was a fortune teller, I would pick Powerball numbers instead of talking to you every day. That's not what I am. Okay? Nate Sudfeld. That guy will go down as one of the great Eagles of all time. Ended up getting Doug Peterson fired. (laughs) Nate Sudfeld. (laughs) Hey, we got to take a look at Nate. Really? You don't know who Nate Sudfeld is. (laughs) I honestly think that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown duo will outdo Kobe and Shaq duo in terms of impact. Well, that's a pretty big statement, my friend. Little Peter, you got to actually put those Larry O'Brien and Lombardi trophies, okay? You got to put them on the shelves before you can start barking about Kobe and Shaq, (laughs) okay? Kobe and Shaq? You're talking about two of the greatest dynamic duos in the history of the NBA. Okay? Kobe and Shaq? I don't know. (laughs) Okay? I mean, it's like Jordan and Pippen. Before you can start comparing yourselves to those dudes, you got to start putting some hardware on the shelf. Okay? All right. Let's – hey, by the way, we got a ton of stuff. We're going to look at all the divisions in the NFL today. And Big Seals, after the free agency and NFL draft, I'm going to tell you where I think they sit here on May 4th as we get ready for rookie camps and training camps, um, OTAs. We're going to do a little bit of that here in a second. Also, brand new top 10 NFL quarterback list. 
Now that Rodgers has been traded, I got this list. All QBs. We're going to do that also. But let's start here. Here's a topic, and I first want to start with you guys. How do you use Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith at the same time? How do you put these two guys and how do you utilize them? Because I think these two guys are going to be your most impactful players this coming season. I think even more so, Nolan Smith, if put in the right position with Reddick on the other side, could potentially be the best rush end duos in the NFL. If the Eagles do this right, what's the plan on how to use both of these guys? How do you use Reddick? And Nolan Smith, this is the challenge I think that Sean Desai has on how to put these guys in a position to succeed. How would you use them? Do you want them on the same field at the same time? Yes. The more I have to game plan, The more I have to game plan and the more I have to strategize, the more people I have to care about, the more I think you're going to get more out of that Nolan Smith pick. Don't be shocked. And by the way, you know what I love about him? I told you this the other day, listening to him at the press conference. He's an impressive kid. He's an impressive kid. I want to get Nolan Smith on the field. That's right, little Peter. Two missiles. Can you imagine? So you come to the line of scrimmage, and you're Dak Prescott, okay? You're you're Dak. First thing you're looking at is your impact guys. Jalen Carter, Fletcher, and your two missiles. Let's just dub them the two missiles. And you've got two corners back there. That are an elite duo. Whatever you think of Darius Slay, you got to think of those two guys together. Bradbury and Slay. You got to think of those guys together. So look at the pairs that you have. You arguably have the best duo corners in the NFL. You've got two missiles that potentially could be impactful game changers and your tackles in the middle. How do you use them? What's the best formula? Is it putting them on the field at the same time? Do you move them around a lot? I do. Can I tell you that I think this is one of the reasons that Matt Patricia has been hired is to figure this out. What was Matt Patricia known for when he was in New England besides the pencil in the ear? You know what he was known for? Multiple disguised defenses and players moving around all over the place. Remember Bruschi and Vrabel 
and all those type of players were interchangeable pieces. They weren't the best and most elite guys they had in the league. But you know what they had? You could put them in a 34. You could put them in a 43. You can move them around. You could rush from inside. You can rush from outside. Shit, they did a lot of stuff with Hightower. They did a ton of shit with that guy. I think what you do, I think you move Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick around all game long. Make that quarterback have to think where he is. You become the offensive side of the ball with a guy like Nolan Smith. You can, in theory, if this guy is who everyone thinks he is. You see, I'm going to give you another comparison when it comes to Nolan Smith. I think you guys will understand this. You guys remember Kevin Green? God rest his soul. Do you remember Kevin Green? Love Kevin Green. One of my dearest friends. You guys remember Kevin Green? Pass rusher, Steelers, Rams. I think Carolina too. They didn't know what to do with him. He was what they used to call back in the day, a tweener. You know, he's kind of between a linebacker and he's between a defensive end. You just didn't know what to do with him. That's kind of where Nolan Smith is. Are you going to really line that guy up in a 43 end position, putting his hand in the dirt? No. You're not going to do that. So you move him around. And like I said yesterday to you, I think the best situation for both Hassan Reddick and for Nolan Smith is to rush out of a 43. That's where you're going to get maximum pressure is out of the 43. And what I say, and the reason I say, is because you have Graham, who knows the game, and you have Sweat, who knows how to set the edge. Those guys are going to be great professionals at setting your edge. And then with Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith, you got two human missiles. And when you're an offensive coordinator, you've got to account for them. That means this. Do I leave it back in? Do I leave my tight end in? You got one less pass catcher in the offensive play because of having dual missiles. That's how I use them. And that's how I would use Nolan Smith and Hassan. For me, do we agree? The Eagles are going to be a better football team by having both those guys on the field together. Steve-O says, put Reddick on the weak side. Smith on the strong side so he can cover. Correct, Steve-O. That's how I would do it too. 4-3-9, I'm taking advantage of that, like we said yesterday. But you know what I'm doing? I'm sliding these guys all up and down the line of scrimmage. Now get this. That means your tackles in your front four have to show up this year. And they have to be impactful. Maybe not so much in sacks, but they got to be impactful in stopping the run. Okay? Atlanta, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Atlanta, Delphia, Eagle. Excuse me. Hey, Sills, do you think UDAFA? Eli Ricks will make the 53-man roster. Maybe practice squad, dude. Okay? Hey, look, man. There's going to be a lot of UDA, UDFAs that are going to... The league... Do you know half the league is undrafted? Half the league is undrafted. So those guys are important to have on your football team. I agree, Sills. Dual missiles. 
I want both guys on the field. If I'm sure, you know, let me, let me, let me throw this at you. You know, I thought John McMullen said something very interesting yesterday. And why haven't they announced Sean Desai as the new D coordinator? How come they haven't announced that officially? You know, he hasn't been officially announced as the DC. Hey, Tone, will you do me a favor? Or anybody, look on the Eagle website and see how they have listed Sean Desai on the official Eagle website. I'm curious how they have him listed. If he is listed as the defensive coordinator, or if there's going to be a massive and a heavy influence by Matt Patricia now that he's been brought in. Patricia might be the D coordinator. Depending, I mean, nothing's official yet. I'm wondering if the organization is looking at this now and maybe going like this, Patricia's going to have more of an influence. Sean Desai is listed as D coordinator. Interesting. He hasn't been announced officially or introduced to the media or had any kind of press conference, anything. Why? Find that odd? I do. Most of the time when you make a hire, um, you, you want to get that out. Get this, Patricia's not on the website at all, and he's been officially hired. What is that? So Matt Patricia's been hired, but not on the Eagle website. Sean Desai is the defensive coordinator, but hasn't been introduced yet. Okay. They have a way of doing business. It's just it's just odd. It's just odd. So Matt Patricia has been hired as a coach, but he's not on the Eagle website. Okay. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. Dual missiles. I love it. It was supposed to be Fangio, but the tampering effed it up. Desai was a gap fill. Then they got Patricia. How many people think Matt Patricia is going to be the real D coordinator of this thing? And the Eagles went out and got themselves. Hey, by the way, Matt Patricia was a train wreck as a head coach. But Matt Patricia, as a D coordinator, I'm really good with that. Do you think the Eagles are deciding whether or not Matt Patricia's going to have more say in what the scheme's going to look like. You think they're going to have co-D coordinators? I think Matt Patricia's going to have more say in this thing. Tyler goes, please no. Tyler doesn't want a guy with three Super Bowl rings and had multiple looks on defense in New England. There was no Tom Brady in New England. On defense. Tyler doesn't want a guy with three Super Bowl rings. Two of them as a D coordinator. He'd rather have a Sean Desai over a guy with two rings. Interesting. It's a way to look at things. As a matter of fact, let me let me let me take a look at that with Matt Patricia just to be double just to be sure on that. Matt Patricia. 
because I want to make sure Tyler, because Tyler might be onto something here. Now, he, now he, his his title is senior assistant, huh? So he was the linebacker coach in 04. He was the linebacker coach again in 06 to 10. Safety's coach in 2011. Senior advisor to the Patriots in 2021. Coach in 22. Now he's being listed as a senior defensive assistant with the Philadelphia Eagles. And yet it's not on the website, the official Eagle website. (laughs) And he's a three-time Super Bowl champion D coordinator. Tyler doesn't want that. He wants Sean Desai. Not that I think Sean Desai is not coming in with a lot of great accolades and reputation. He is. A lot of people like him. Pete Carroll says a lot about him. Sorry, Tyler. I want the guy with more experience in Super Bowl rings. Let me ask you this, Tyler, and every anyone. Do you think if Matt Patricia was the D coordinator in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, you think that might have mattered in the second half, having played against Andy Reid and schemed against Andy Reid in AFC Championship games? You think that could have mattered? Or in Super Bowls? Remember something. He was on the defensive staff when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You think that might have helped? Don't you see it? Matt Patricia is basically hired to beat Mahomes. He's been hired to beat Mahomes. Allen, Burrow, why? Because he faced them. And he's not on the Eagle website, but he's the senior executive or senior exec assistant, defensive assistant to Nick Sirianni. So wait a minute, who has more say? The senior executive, the senior assistant to Nick, or the D coordinator? Who's got more say? Interesting, man. Interesting dynamic they got going there. Holy cow. A little bit different here. We're going to look at the divisions here in a second. We got another topic we're going to hit on. I I think Matt Patricia has been brought in for multiple looks and moving Nolan Smith and moving Hassan Reddick around. I think it is a huge upgrade by having Matt Patricia as your D coordinator. Or, here, let's be, let's be politically correct. Your senior assistant, whatever that means. <laughs> Please hit the like button. Thank you, guys. KC. One to handle the 43 and the other to handle the 34. Then you really don't have a D coordinator. You have two of them. Okay. Can we stop the run? Jeff, we're going to get to that here in a minute. Hey, Peter. Hiring Matt Patricia as a head coach? No, thank you. Offensive assistant? Clearly, no thank you. Hiring as a D senior coach? Bring him on. I'd love to hear his thoughts. 
I'd love to hear the thoughts on what you see with our personnel and how you would use them. I think this is a great hire. And now that I found out he's not even on the Eagle website, I don't think the even the Eagles know what to do with him. Is he the coordinator? Senior executive? Senior assistant? What's Matt Patricia's role in this? You notice how vague it is? The Eagles are making it vague on what his role is. They're not even introducing the D coordinator. Most of these fans don't like Patricia because of one man. I don't give a shit if Darius Slay likes him or not. I, I Marshall, I don't give a shit if Slay likes him. Matt Patricia will be here longer than Darius Slay. Darius Slay's on a one-year deal. I don't care if he likes him. Just play. This is not a kindergarten. This is professional football. If I've got to worry about your pouting and moping and crying, you're in the wrong locker room. Give a shit about shit like that. This is professional football. Where the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Where you're only as good as your last show. Where you're only as good as your last game. You can't hide under your desk in the NFL. So no one gives a shit. If you start crying, bro, I don't care if guys cry. But I do care if you let that affect your performance. Moaning and crying, why would you diminish your abilities? Because someone else is stupid. You wouldn't, would you? Gotta rise above that shit. Most people in the world are C students. If you come from that presence and that premise, you'll understand how to get through life better. Most people are C students, dude. The great ones turn C students into B students, then B students into A students. That's the key of having a great organization. And I think the Eagles do that. Slate doesn't suck. And I, by the way, if he wants to have that attitude, Cobra, if he wants to have that attitude, as long as he's playing lockdown defense in the secondary, I don't care. Manage and coach that. You know, coaching comes more with just X's and O's. You got to kind of be a psychiatrist a little bit. Mike, thank you. You got to be a psychiatrist. Well, Darius Slade, did you see he? I don't care. <laughs> did you see? I, I don't care. Hey, did you see he gave up that plus 25-yard touchdown pass? Now I give a shit. And if you're going to start crying, I'll replace your ass in a minute. You start bitching and moaning. That's why when A.B. was moaning and bitching, at least he was catching 120 catches a year. Now he's bitching and moaning. You sit there and you go, I don't want anything to do with that dude. I don't want anything to do with that guy. So you, you hear people go, hey, well, Matt Patricia and Darius Slayton, who gives a shit? What's that got to do with winning? And by the way, 
you don't really believe the Eagles cleared it with Darius Slay that they were hiring Pat, Matt Patricia. They probably told him, hey, you guys are going to have to learn how to work together. We're bringing Matt in here. Matt's going to help our defensive coordinator, and we're leaning on him to help us put this formula together and going out with these new faces and this young football team, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So we're all going to work together. I think it was positioned like that, not like this. Hey, do you have a problem with Matt Patricia coming over? We're thinking to hire him. If you don't want him to hire, he's not coming. You, you don't really believe that, do you? You don't really believe they go to the locker room and start asking people about whether or not they should hire this guy or that guy. I think they get opinions. Okay? That's right. This is about team. It's not about one man. The Eagles, man, I mean, they don't – from what I'm getting, they don't operate like that. I think they go to players like Jalen, and I think they do ask opinions. I totally do. But I don't think they make their decisions off that. I think they take as much intel as they can. I, I, I've said this to you about Howie. Since he came out of the broom closet, I think that dude's a better general manager. Why? Because he listens. Because he listens. Cooper goes, Matt should be the D coordinator. I don't know. He's got more experience, more winning. He's seen more. Personally, I think they, they got this guy. And when New England let that dude go, I happen to agree with you. I think the Eagles would rather have that guy as their coordinator. And maybe roles will change. And that's why he's not listed on that Eagle website. You have to think that's a weird thing. That you haven't introduced Sean Desai as your D coordinator yet. And Matt Patricia is not even listed on the official Eagles website. Surely you think there's something odd to that. Personally, I think the Eagles are going to lean on Patricia more. Why wouldn't you? He's got more experience. How could you not lean on a guy who was around the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL? Remember something. You could say whatever you want about Bill Belichick. Parcells didn't win shit without him. Every Super Bowl they ever won, he was on the coaching staff. Every Super Bowl that Bill Parcells went to, Belichick was on the coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, and every time he wasn't, they didn't win. Just remember that. Chuck goes, I want the side to stand on his own. So you take the lesser experienced guy versus the guy with a ton of experience. Why would you do that in a position where you're this close from winning the Super Bowl? Why would you do that? Maybe in a rebuild? Sure. But do you understand you're knocking on the door again? You know, you're not climbing the hill. You're at the top of the hill. You know you, you know what's crazy and how the Eagles have handled this offseason? I don't know, Tone, if you agree with me on this. Most teams slide down the cliff after a Super Bowl. The Eagles kind of fell off the summit, but they're right there and they see the summit again. I mean, they slid down a little. They didn't fall off the cliff. They're, I don't believe that's they're not the Rams. The Rams fell off the cliff. Look at the Buccaneers right now without Brady. You got Jason Light. 
The general manager of the Bucks doing this. Hey, man, we really like Baker Mayfield. No, you don't. Hey, Baker Mayfield is really showing. You're like, oh, my God, you're not really going down that lane. After you just had the goat in the building. Hey, Baker Mayfield is impressive. This is Jason Light talking, the GM of the Bucks. Bro, you're overcooking it. No one believes that. Not even the guys in your own locker room. That's one thing about Philly, too. They're not overcooking shit. With all the moves that Howie has made, you know the one thing that stands out? Nobody's talking Super Bowl. Nobody's talking even NFC East. They're just talking about retooling, not rebuilding. Pretty cool, man. Pretty damn cool. All right. This is going to be a topic that, to me, I have a little bit of a focus point, too, because it's the position that I played. Who should start at DT? Who should start as your defensive tackles? Who should be your swing tackle? Who should start week one? Whoever whoever the opponent is. Who starts as your two DTs week one? Cox and Davis? Fletcher and Carter? Carter, Fletcher? One more. One more. Who should be the starting Philadelphia defensive tackles week one? Davis and Carter. I agree with Joe. I think Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter should be your starting D tackles. And here's why. I'm going to have and get more out of Fletcher being the swing tackle. He may actually have more statistics than the other two fellas. You've invested the 13th pick and the ninth pick in the draft, and you got a $10 million nut on Fletcher Cox. Who better to run that as an assistant coach slash player than Fletcher? Fletcher's role is different today than it was 10 years ago. Is Fletcher the better DT of the two guys? Probably. But those two dudes have to win. Build the chemistry. Build the continuity. Build what you invested in. Fletcher Cox's statistics won't suffer he'll be stronger by the end of the year he'll still play a ton get those kids motivated if those two guys start you immediately put pressure on them to excel I am not in a mood or in a position to sit here and baby feed 
a defensive tackle, like many of you say, hey, let's ease, ease nothing. Ease nothing. You are a professional NFL football player now. Get your fat asses in shape and get your asses in there and let's go to work. You're starting. Don't make me pull you out. Don't make me regret drafting you. It's time. It's time. Just like they told Alex Smith. Alex, we love you. It's over. Play him. Put those two kids in there now. Start those kids. Mold those kids. Motivate those guys. You're the starting defensive tackle, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. On the defending NFC champion, Eagles. We're counting on you. Let's let's baby step him into deep. Nothing like that. This is the NFL. A baby step in anything and anything. Get him in there. Let's go to work. Well, let's bring Jalen Carter. I don't want to bring Jalen Carter anywhere. I want him starting week one. I want Jordan Davis starting week one. Hey, Jordan, you're not on a GI Bill. It's not a six-year plan. And you're not on scholarship, Jalen. Get your ass in there and play. That's how I'd coach him. I'd go to, and I'd go to Fletcher and go, Fletch. Fletcher's got his money. Fletcher's got his money. He's got his resume. He's got his reputation. He'll forever be one of the greatest Eagles of all time. Nothing will change if he starts one year or he mentors the two dudes in front of him. That would in my opinion, is the eagle way. He's mentoring. Showing the ropes. You think anybody in that eagle locker room or anyone around the NFL is going to look lesser on Fletcher Cox if Fletcher's not starting? Fletcher didn't get beat out. The Eagles have an investment. That investment has to pan out. You can't keep putting people in mothballs every year and calling them good drafts. Cam Jurgens, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter have to star this year for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Three men. Three men. Dankos, you think you don't think they had tough coaching at Georgia? I don't know, Dank. All I see is undisciplined and two fat guys at times. You tell me. When the reputation on the two guys is discipline, I don't know. You tell me. Hey, Dank, it's discipline with both guys. One's eating, one's practice habits. You tell me if that's coaching hard. How could you have a reputation on yourself, one for being a fat ass and the other guy for not wanting to practice hard? Don't you think that's dedication? 
Or do you think that maybe the coaches didn't get in their ass enough? I don't know. The passing of the torch. Nobody's getting rid of Fletcher Cox. I didn't say that. Don't position it that way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you invested all this equity in these two players. And you're not going to... Let me say this to you. If Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis don't start, Houston, you have a problem. If those guys haven't shown that they're better... Guys, if you're not better than a 34 or 33-year-old Fletcher Cox, then you got a problem. Two national championships? That don't mean shit in the NFL. Ask Aaron Donald. Played at Pitt. I don't remember those guys winning anything. I don't remember Fletcher winning shit at Mississippi State either. What's that mean? Gotcha, Dank. Thank you, brother. Sorry about that. Dank, I'm just saying. I mean, you got discipline issues here. Or maybe not so much discipline. I'll use the word dedication issues. You got dedication. Don't eat. Can you imagine this? Two things that you don't need any ability for. And you, I think you could coach. This is coachable shit, though. Jerome had this coached out of him by Buddy. Okay? Jerome had this tough love. Hey, I'm going to give you guys a story. And I've told some of you this. Big Sills, I will say if Fletcher is any good anymore, get rid of him. He's stealing money. I, dude, I, th- I think the character on the Jordan or the Jalen Carter, I think you have to have a guy like Fletcher in the building. Okay? I think you have to have a guy in the building. Guys, I want to tell you the story one more time about Buddy and, and Jerome. And I'm going to tell you the story. It's at my expense. Okay? I had been released by the Buccaneers. And I was flying around. I ended up signing with Dallas in October. But I was brought into Philly. Okay? Early on, Philly, San Francisco, Seattle, Kansas City. Those were the teams that I... I I was on an airplane every single week. Two, three times. I land in Philly. I work out. Dude, I forget. Could the D-line coach have been Rex Ryan or Jeff Fisher? I don't remember. Hey, Tone, look it up for me, will you? Who the hell was the D-line coach in 1988 in Philadelphia? Jeff Fisher or maybe it was Rex. I don't remember who, but I know I met with GM and I met with a whole shitload of people um, in Philly and they wanted me. That's it. It was Dale. Dale, how that's right. It was Dale. I remember that Dale loved me. I saw Jerome. You guys are just coming off. It was Tuesday because they bring players every Tuesday in that. Thank you, Arthur. So get this. 
I, I, I go upstairs. They have a contract. The Eagles have a contract in front of me here. But I had to meet Buddy. I go downstairs. And I, some of you have heard this story. So indulge me here. I, I walk in and they introduce me to Buddy. Buddy turns to me. Aunt Betty, I'm telling them the story. Buddy turns to me and goes, I know who the fuck you are. You think I want another one of you motherfuckers around here? Jerome looks over at me. I look at him and I go, he goes, did you see this fat ass? What he did against the Giants? Did you see what this goddamn guy did? Excuse me. Did you see what this son of a bitch did? That fat ass right there laid down, put his hand up, get this guy out in front of me. I looked over at everybody was stunned. I was on an airplane to Kansas City. I'm like this. Had a contract. But because Jerome played so poorly and was so lazy, Buddy Ryan lit into me. I know who you are. I know what you are. I told you the story. They came down and coached me and Jerome for two years. I put my head down. The D-line coach, the GM, everyone was like, Dan, I'm so sorry, man. They couldn't believe he hollered at me like that. And at Jerome's funeral, he apologized. And we, 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 we had a good relationship after that. He goes, hey, man, I know the last time we saw one another, it was after a Monday night game. The Giants beat us. You know, I said, I know you love Jerome. <laughs> dude, you made him into an all-pro. It's all good. He was a tough love dude, man. We had none of that kind of coaching. Butch Davis, love him to death. Love him still to this day. Butch never coaches like that. Nobody ever talked to us like that. Jimmy never spoke to us like that. He drove us like dogs, but it was none of that. Buddy was in your grill. Dude, he's right here screaming at me because Jerome played so shitty on Monday night. I was like this. I look over at him, and as soon as he turned his back, I looked at Jerome Brown, and I went, you mother, are you, he, he lit into me. You think I want another one of you around here? You mother, you think I want? And I'm going, <laughs> Jerome, Jerome called me like later in the week. He goes, man, I had such a bad game. He pulled me. He pulled me. <laughs> he, he got pulled by Buddy because Jerome was having such a horrible game. Oh, man. I never, hey, I don't know if I've ever been screamed at like that from a coach. And by the way, he's a pretty intimidating guy. Man, was he on fire. Buddy Ryan was on fire. He was so mad at the team for shitting the way they did against the Giants that Monday night. Doof. <laughs> hey, he, hey, man. Like I said, man, me and him, we, we kind of like, it was all good. And I tell Rex, Rex knows the story too, man. He goes, my dad did, he lit in you for no reason because Jerome sucked. <laughs> yeah, man. It, and, and then I end up signing with Dallas, like I think the end of October. I signed with the Cowboys and Coach Landry. Man, 
Wow. But he was tough. So when you say, um, is Jalen Carter, you think he got tough love at, at Georgia? No, I don't. Because he was the best D tackle there. When you're the best player in the program, you don't get shit on. And you can be lazy. The coaches allow it because when they watch you get into a game and wreck the game like Jerome or Jalen Carter, they tolerate it. They tolerate that stuff. When you get in the NFL, you can't have weeks off. Buddy was so tough, a coach. I told you, man, he'd come down and coach me and Jerome for two years, 86 and 87. Not Jerome in 87, but me. He came down for the 86 season in the spring, and then the 87 season in the spring. I was still at UM at the time, and I sat next to him, and he would be telling me, See your head right there? Why would you put your head on the backside? I go, well, because they're trying, to, they're trying to stretch play on me. And Buddy would go, that's a great answer. Okay, I get it to you. Poor technique, but you're thinking, so I'm going to be cool with you. Did you tell your linebacker behind you, though, what you were doing? I went, no. F minus. Communicate that with your guy behind so he can play more front side. Okay. He goes, you got to communicate some when you're doing shit out there. Every little inch matters. Remember something. You fight for inches to get yards. Always remember that. That's a Buddy Ryan line. You fight for inches to get yards. And I'm going, okay? Communicate. Your thinking's right. Let everyone know what you're thinking. So, Jalen Carter could have this along with Jordan Davis. My two D tackles will have Fletcher Cox and Tracy Rocker overlooking these two guys. That's how you build a culture. That's how you build a culture right there. Plain and simple. That is how you build a culture. You build a culture by passing the baton. You build a culture. Like you hear when Jason Kelsey goes, I really like this kid, Jalen Carter. The kid's too good not. You know, you know, you know what, you know what Jason Kelsey's mentality is on Jalen Carter? That's that's the kind of guy he's too good to pass on. You don't pass on a guy like that just because what? Unfortunate circumstances. Understand someone lost their life. I get it. Hey. Tragic. Tragic. But if everything is in line and we're good and the player's not in any kind of legal issues, I don't care. Now, you do it again, we have a problem because then we're talking about an idiot making the same mistake over. And then we're talking about a guy who doesn't understand right and wrong. And then we're also talking about a guy who's in a poor decision-making mode. And that I can't have. You see, to me, I don't care if you smoke weed. I care when you smoke weed. Here, and let me me quantify what I mean by that. You're smoking weed in the offseason, and you haven't failed any drug tests. I don't really care. But if you have a combine coming up, and your agent tells you, please don't smoke pot because it's coming up in two weeks, um, and you still smoke pot, and you show up to a test, and you're guilty, that's a dummy decision. You mean to tell me you can't make a rational decision to understand 
what the time is, where you are, what it is. You don't understand. That to me is poor decision making. So I don't care if someone smokes pot. I, I totally don't care. There's, there's more things in the world to be worried about with somebody's character than smoking weed. I do not care. But when you're Randy Gregory and your coaches and your assistant coaches are going, hey, don't show up to the combine stoned or have THC in your system, and you still do, that's why you go in the third round instead of the first round. And rightfully so. Your decision-making process is what concerns me. And probably Jalen Carter's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a little issue with that too with him when it comes to his decision-making right now. Are you going to make the proper decisions? Remember something. When you're in college, the majority of your time is monitored. Because listen, watch this. When you're in college, you get up, you go to train table. I'm going to show you what your day's like. When you're in a big-time big time college and a big-time program, you get up for 7.30 breakfast. Then you've got to go over and check in at your football place for your morning workout, which is probably at around 9. Workout. Then you go to classes from about 9 o'clock until 1.30. Come back over 1.30, you're watching film early with your coaches. Then from 1.30, you maybe get a train. You go down to the trainer. You're working out. A little bit more, maybe three o'clock's your practice. You go from three to four thirty or three to five. Then you have dinner at six. Then you have study hall at seven thirty to nine, and you're in bed. Your entire life is mapped out in front of you. When you're in the pros, you wake up in the morning for your eight o'clock meeting. You're there until four thirty. You can go home. You have all that time. All that time to make poor decisions. Or that time to get lost in your thoughts. All that time to not understand what it is to be a pro. All that time not to worry about your, your diet. All that time to not be focused. That's where players get lost. I got lost in that. That, that, that's where you get lost in this process is not staying on a schedule because it's easy. You got a lot of money. I saw Carter's deal, $21 million. Bro, you get lost in that. You get lost in that. You got all this time and all this money. I know some of you are out there going, am I supposed to feel sorry for that? No. No, but when you have been coddled since you were 13 years old, until the time you were 21 and you're thrown out there like that with free time and money, you, you, you're not prepared for life. College football doesn't prepare you for life. That's why a lot, or some of these guys fall off the edge. They fall off the edge because they're not college sports does not prepare you for life. College barely prepares you for life. One of the things that I've learned over the years about our educational system, it is so unbelievably useless. When you think about your time from kindergarten until 12th grade, you were taught things you never use in your entire life. Why? 
because that's how they keep you controlled. You're not prepared for life with the stupid classes you take in high school. You're barely prepared in college. What would make you think a college athlete with a lot of money and a lot of time? What do you, what, what do you think his preparation is to deal with everyday things? Paying your bills on time. You know, I had my lights turned off and I had $400,000 in the bank. How is that possible? How is that possible? <laughs> got 400 grand in the bank and my lights got turned off. Because I'm, I, I'm, I'm not you. And again, it's not feel sorry for you. It's being unprepared for life. It's just be. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and all. The, Nolan Smith sounds like a. He sounds like a hell of a guy. And I love the leadership in him, grabbing the mic, taking over. That Nolan Smith takes over a room, doesn't he? It, it, it impresses me. He impresses me. I want to play him. Hey, Tone, do you feel the same way? I want to play him. You know what? He he commands a room. He gets in that room. He commands it. I want to play him. There's something Seth Joyner about him, that Nolan Smith kid. You know, Barrett's right about him. Something about that guy. Just listening to him talk. I want to play him. I think I can get in his ass too a little bit. Motivate the other guys. I think that guy's a future leader of the Eagles. I watched him talking at the press conference. I watched him commanding the room. I was like, man, damn. Yeah, he's a grown-up. You felt it immediately like Tone's saying here. He protects his guys. I think not only does he protect his guys, yeah, because they were starting to talk some stuff to Jalen, and he took over. He projects. I want to play that. I, 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 I want to play him. You know, there's guys that you get on your team you want to play. Because you why? What's the most important thing? What's the most important thing you could possibly have in your life when you're at work, your family, anything, business? Tell me, what's the most important thing that you can have is trust and loyalty. If I trust you and you're loyal to what I'm going to tell you, I'll get you there. I'll get you there. And that kid, Nolan Smith, makes me feel that. I feel that when I'm around him. He projects that. Yeah, man. All the physical attributes he has is one thing. He exudes it. He carries himself. I started watching some film on him some more. And I was like this, man. Yeah. That guy makes me want to play him. I want to play that guy. Reliable leadership. That's a great, that's a great line, Tone. Reliable leadership. I'll tell you this about Nicobe. You know, I may be critical of Nicobe in playing, but I think Nicobe Dean probably has those same characteristics, but it's hard to lead from the bench. You feel me? It's hard to lead from the bench. Holy shit, I'm past the post. 
got to take a time out. I want to look at all the divisions in the NFL as well. I want to do that. I got a top 10 list. We're going to switch gears in hour number three, 530 Eastern time. We're going to talk to one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA, former finals MVP and Hall of Famer Rick Barry himself will get his thoughts on Joel Embiid. That'll be at 530 Eastern. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. football show may I share something with you guys I know some of you don't follow me on Twitter and you should but I got I gotta read this I know some of you do and I'm sure some of you saw this so out of nowhere the rock 
who we're working on, by the way, I think it's going to be after the XFL championship game is going to come on the show. So he tweets this out about your boy and me, Jerome. And here, here, here's, here's the tweet here. You can go over to my Twitter page or even his Twitter page, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And I posted, I posted something out there. And I put something out there that, because Sports Illustrated said that my 86 Canes team was one of the greatest teams of all time in college football history. And it was. We just didn't finish the deal. With all the players we had, the Hall of Fame coaches and everybody. So Rock, out of nowhere, tweets this out. Many consider the 86 team the greatest team in Canes football history. By the way, they didn't, we didn't win the title that year. I got a couple over there, but we didn't win it that year. Okay? And we got five titles in the building. And this is what The Rock said. Many consider the 86 team the greatest Canes football team of all time. Jerome Brown and Dan Cilio changed the D-tackle game. Dan still has strength records that will never be broken. Look what he said about Jerome and myself. Jerome Brown and Dan Cilio changed the game. Ed Ogeron called us the two best defensive tackles and the two best duo college tackles of all time. So did Joe Paterno. I played next to your boy. Broke up clan rallies with your boy. Hit his guns for your boy. Sorry, Aunt Betty. <laughs> Should I say something else? Dated my first African-American girl. Jerome set me up. Her name was Sunshine. <laughs> and everyone goes, Silas, you're Italian anyway. And I'm like, relax. <laughs> Silas, I want you to meet Sunshine. <laughs> uh, Neil Rock was after us, yeah. Hey, and by the way, <laughs> Roland, right, that's right. Hey, hey, he they they were, but what Butch did and the coaches did, they put Jerome and myself on reels. And I've posted the soundbite before. Ed Ogeron says that um Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland, The Rock, Warren Sapp, they used to all go in and watch this reel that Butch put together of all of our greatest plays and how to play the D-tackle position. And they passed that thing down for 15 years, that, that film. And they would sit in there and all of them would watch me and Jerome playing the D-tackle position. We played it with energy. What, what did Mike Missanelli say? Energy, fearness. We had, we, everyone feared it. Intimidation. I mean... Everything you can imagine. We're probably the most intimidating people out there together. And everyone was saying it. Jamal Holloway's like, these two guys. There, there's a headline in the Miami Herald. Cilio backs his big fat mouth up. <laughs> I'm like, I have a big fat mouth now? 
Uh, tell the clan story. Okay, so landlord. Jerome Brown was such a god for bit. I'm gonna by the way, I got to, I got a ton of stuff to hit on. Quickly on the clan story. By the way, you can Google it. I'm with the and Tim Jenkins. Um, his one of his dearest friends from Brooksville. He loved Brooksville. Loves Brooksville. The reason he wore 98 at Miami, because Highway 98 goes through Brooksville. That's why he wore it, because he loves his hometown, or he loves his hometown. Jerome loved Brooksville. Been up there a ton of times. And so I'm with the Bucks. He's with the Eagles. And Jerome calls me and goes, Hey, I got a, we got a, we got a parade, man. Come on up. Sure, man. I'd love to spend a weekend with Jerome. That's something uncommon. That's something I haven't done. It's north of Tampa, so it's not that. I get in my car, I drive up. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. You know how big and fat his mouth was, right? Yeah, we're going to have a great time. We're going to. Dude, he was, he was so loud. <laughs> man, he was so loud. Probably my two favorite Philadelphia sports athletes. Or, you know what's crazy? I became friends with Darren Dalton. And, and Jerome, um, but I love Allen Iverson and Jerome knew Iverson. Anyway, it's a different story. So we go up and we're sitting there, dude. And I look around and I go, what are we doing, dude? What is, what's the parade? He goes, oh, we're we're, We got to meet some people in the middle of the squared circle. What the hell are you talking about? So as we're walking up, I'm walking up with a bunch of kids, a bunch of dudes, Jerome's cousins and everyone. I'm walking up and I see these guys in these robes. I look over at him and I go, what the F are you? Do you know Hugh Culverhouse, the owner of the Buccaneers, is one of the biggest racists on the planet? You got me in? He goes, what are you I go, no, I'm here. By the end of the whole thing, we we're all drinking beers with him. And Jerome had diffused it because he loves Brooksville. He wasn't going to let the clan have some sort of parade through Brooksville. That wasn't happening over his dead body. And I'm sitting here, dude, I, I read about the Klan. I didn't know what the Klan was. I had no idea. I read about that shit in books, battle emblem, Confederate flag. I saw it on TV and shit. I didn't know any of that crap. I had no idea about any of that shit. There's this guy, man, taking me up there. So, we're sitting there eating crayfish, drinking beers. After the whole thing is said and done, he goes, hey, thanks for coming up. I asked Kevin Fagan to, and he wouldn't. I said, Not every, dude, I don't know if I would have came if you told me what the hell I was doing. He goes, that's why I didn't tell you. I told Kevin. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, oh, you told Kevin, but you didn't tell me? Man, I love that guy. That's why I keep his name going. Because we had a lot of fun together. Craziest, craziest, craziest. Hey, one last story again. We're, we're playing West Virginia. Yale, you know this one. We're playing West Virginia. And we killed this team. We killed them. It was 30 nothing in the first 10 minutes. They pulled us out. We're leaving this place, man. By the way, back then you had to fly into Pittsburgh and take a three-hour bus into Morgantown. Okay, drive into Morgantown. 
I was like, <laughs> dude, we're leaving. They got couches on fire. They're burning shit. They got guys with nooses around their neck. Jimmy goes like this. I swear to you. All the black guys to the middle of the bus. I looked over at Jerome and went, man, I think you're on your own in this one. <laughs> Everyone started laughing. I said, dude, I think you're on your own in this one. <laughs> hey, he looked at me because we used to sit next to each other every on every road trip. We would sit next to one another. And I, hey, and I, I'm like this, man. I'm like, man, I think you're on your own on this one, dog. <laughs> hey, I would get away with it. You ain't going to get away with it, man. <laughs> Miami wasn't independent. We were. We could play anybody we wanted, and we did. <laughs> uh, okay, great. <laughs> Funny, man. All right. Let me transition over into this is after the draft, and this is after free agency. Let's take a look at the divisions as we're I think rookie camp start on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. I think I I think even the Eagles have a rookie camp on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So let's take a look at these. Let's first start out. Let's first start out in the AFC. Tell me if you agree with me on this. AFC East. Um overall improved really a good division i got bills jets dolphins patriots okay they're working out now at the novacare okay seals are you sure iverson was for okay um joe it had to be after iverson because iverson was recruited to go to Florida State at 17. So he had to, Jerome had to been not not around. It had to have been Clyde Simmons that introduced me to him. Thanks, Joe. It had to be Clyde. Because Clyde knew him very well. Clyde Simmons knew him. And, and, and so did Reggie. Reggie knew Iverson. So it had to be those two guys. Iverson was recruited to go to Florida State at 17. And he was recruited to go to Miami. Dude, he was a great high school coach. I mean, a great high school quarterback. Every everybody before that whole bowling alley incident, everybody was after him because they thought he was going to play. They thought he was going to play like Jamal Holloway. Okay, they thought he was going to play like Jamal Holloway. Let me let me get back into this. AFC East. You guys agree? Buffalo, Jets, Miami. New England. I think New England. I think New England is in a transition because Brady still. Miami, the quarterback's got to stay healthy. Right. Jets, Jets, second best team in the AFC East. Hey, yeah, wasn't for uh, John Thompson. I don't know where Iverson would have went. Right. Man, can you imagine if he doesn't go to Georgetown? Dude, I love John Thompson. John Thompson, man, he no shit kind of guy, man. Really loved him as a coach. Joe, your, your life experiences are incredible. 
Thank you so much. You know what? I'll tell you something, Joe. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. Very lucky to have been around really some incredible human beings. Being around Len Bias, my workout partner, when I first got to Maryland, he hated that thing up there. You see that thing in the middle? Some of you know. Hold on. You see that thing right there? That's my 1983 Maryland championship. Bias hated that. He got one the following year, though. He hated it. I used to, I used to I used to walk around with Len doing this. Len would go. Lefty would give him shit too. I'd go like this. Hey, Len, when are you going to win one of these? Len, when are you going to win one of these things? We would work out every, 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 every day. And by the way, for the record, I never saw Len Bias drink a beer, smoke joints, anything. And my entire time being around him, which is about a year and a half, I never saw anything like that. I never saw Len Bias drink a beer. I never saw him drink a beer. But you got to remember something. So at Cole Fieldhouse, there we all are sitting there, and there's Jordan and Bias. Worthy, Dougherty, Lefty Drizel, Adrian Branch. Um, there were so many... I think Keith Gatlin was on that team for Maryland. And then you had Ralph Sampson at Virginia. I mean, dude, that ACC at that time with Jordan in it was freaking unbelievable. And so we would, we would watch North Carolina would come to Coalfield House, and there's Jordan and Bias going after one another. I swear to you. And I'll say this, can't prove it. I don't know how much better Jordan would have been than Bias. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And ask Jordan. Jordan tells you the same thing. God knows how good that guy would have been. Dude, there were some really they there, there were some great players. Like Samson was in the in, in the ACC. Jordan and Bias. NC State had a bunch of – dude, the, 80, the 83 team that won the national title at NC State, they won the NCAA championship. They had to win the ACC tournament, and they did. They upset Maryland. I was at that game. <laughs> Great. Was he, didn't, they used to, didn't they used to have those games at Greensboro? I thought they used to have the, the ACC championship at Greensboro. Oh, dude, I've had so um, – God. I, I I mean, I think they've redone Cole Fieldhouse. I haven't been back to Maryland. I'm never going back there. The, the way things ended was not good. They took, they took my varsity letter away. I was such a headache there, man. Guys, this is – hey, when you guys go like this, hey, Jalen Carter was a handful. Dude, I was so bad at Maryland, they took my varsity letter away. And I was the backup. I played in all 12 games, including the Citrus Bowl that Reggie was in. You guys know that I played against Reggie. 
when Reggie was at Tennessee and I was at Maryland, his final year at Tennessee in the 83 Citrus Bowl. Reggie would, how funny is that? How cross, how paths cross. Reggie was on Tennessee still. Yeah, he was the he was on the, he was the, he was on the volunteer team then, and they they closed down. I think Epcot. It was like the first year of Epcot. Epcot had never been open, so they opened it to the Tennessee and Maryland teams, and I thought it was dumb. It was a ball, and I don't know. I I, I loved Space Mountain. I mean, that was my ride, Space Mountain, Space Mountain, and like it's a wonderful world because of the heat down there. I almost jumped in the lake. It was so damn hot. <laughs> Let me get back to this. Uh, hey, handful. Yeah, man. So it was in Greensboro. That's right. So we used to go down there, man. Who's Derek Barnett? Stop with that guy. Stop with that guy. It's done. I'm done with that. Dude, Derek Barnett, man. He's, it's not happening. I think, hey, by the way, little Peter, I think they've kind of modified Space Mountain because when I used to go on it, that thing was more of a cliff dive. Okay? That thing was more of a cliff dive. Look at JM just trying to be different. Derek Barnett's better than Josh Sweat. Some people you just can't please. So why argue? <laughs> I wish I could do that with my wife. Different story. Let's go over to the AFC North. Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers. <clears throat> Cincinnati, in my opinion, getting better in the O-line. <clears throat> Cleveland. I think Cleveland is an underdog. Okay. Baltimore, three. Pittsburgh, four. Here's something I'll say to you about Kenny Pickett. Sorry, I don't see it yet. I know he was a rookie last year, but did that guy make you go like this? Wow. At any time last year? AFC South. Jags. Tennessee, Indiana. Or Indianapolis, Houston, Jacksonville, I think, in the, hey, in the next 10 years, as long as Doug's there and they leave it alone, in the next 10 years, I think Doug Peterson's going to win half those divisions in the next decade. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win at least five, five division titles there. Okay. Over in the NFC. Oh, wait, AFC West, KC, Denver, Chargers, Raiders. If I had to pick the best division in the AFC, who would you pick? East, North, South, West. I think it comes down between, boy, I'll tell you what, AFC North is good. AFC East is good. But the AFC West... Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Garoppolo. AFC East, Allen, Rodgers, Tua, Mac Jones. AFC North, Burrow, 
Watson, Lamar Jackson, Kenny Pickett, South, Lamar, um, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill. No, the South is out. Who you think the West, the North, the look at this, North or East? East, North. You don't think the West? So AFC West, Allen, Rodgers, Tua, Mac Jones, North, Burrow, Watson, Lamar Jackson, Pickett. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. I think Mac Jones is better, so I would think the East over the North. AFC West, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Herbert Garoppolo. Am I right when I say this? The only person that hasn't been to a Super Bowl in the AFC West is Herbert, right? Starting a quarterback. Am I right? The only guy that hasn't been to a Super Bowl would be Herbert. I think the AFC West is the best. I think the AFC West is the best division in the AFC. Over in the NFC. Peanut goes Jimmy L. Jalen lost the Super Bowl too, my friend. Um, NFC East. Eagles, Cowboys, Washington. And the Gigantes. I think the, I think the Giants are going to take a step back. I don't know why. I think the Giants take a step back. NFC North. Lions. Vikings. Bears. Packers. South. Shittiest division in football. Saints. Panthers, Atlanta. I think the Bucks finish in last place. NFC West. Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Who's the best division in the NFC? 
Philly has Hertz, Dak, whomever in Washington, Brissett, and Daniel Jones. The North has Golf, Cousins, Fields, Love. These are all shitty divisions. I think the NFC West is the best. I think the NFC West. I think, well, yeah, but see, you're looking at the top end of it when you're saying 757. You're only looking at the top end. I look at divisions. Who's your weakest team in your division? Arizona? Then again, Jonathan Gannon's coaching there. Right? Hey, Jonathan Gannon's coaching there. Yeah, no quarterback in San Francisco. It does It does concern me. It totally does. Hey, hey, one more thing about Jonathan Gannon. We had a little conversation, John McMullen and I. Um, we had a conversation yesterday. And it was pretty good stuff here on the program. You can't tell me. And I, you know, you could say it's a conspiracy, but to me, Jonathan Gannon was not prepared for that Super Bowl. And if you had a coordinator and you know what you get, get this. Do you think that them bringing in two D coordinators basically protects them from the Jonathan Gannon disaster? You think that's why they've done that? So the next time, say Sean Desai gets an opportunity to become a head coach next year, you got another guy in the building that you're not going to have to worry about who's part also of the constructing of the defense. And it kind of is like a fail-safe. You think maybe, because there's no question, the Eagles have to be pissed off. I mean, and a, you know what's crazy? People are going, I don't know if it's a big deal. Well, it's a big deal if you have to have the commissioner and owners getting involved with it, and it's tampering. Okay? I mean, you, you, I don't care what you say. And for Well, then if it wasn't a big deal, why was it made public? Why did the NFL go out of their way to make sure everyone knew that there was tampering issues going on between Arizona and Philly? Why didn't they keep that in-house like they like to keep a lot of things in-house? Why didn't they keep – that was leaked. Who leaked that? I can't wait to see Carter, Davis, Reddick, and Smith on the same field together. This year's defense could be better than last year's. That's right. Forget. Hey, Jeff, the two missiles you got. I want to see the two missiles on the field. I totally do. You think Gannon was looking at the AZ roster while prepping for the Super Bowl? Absolutely. You Hey, how about this one too, Yale? Hey, and get this. I mean, John may disagree with me on this. You, do you think he had a conversation with Kaiser White? Hey, I may be seeing you soon. Because he knew what the Eagles were going to Can you imagine having inside information that Howie told you that they weren't re-signing? So here, let's play a little conspiracy game here. I don't know this for a fact, and don't quote me on it. I'm asking you. So, Jonathan Gannon is in meetings with Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. 
And Jonathan Gannon is sitting there and he goes, and how he goes, well, what do you think of next year's personnel? Right before free agency, what do you think of this year's personnel? Well, or no, no, before the Super Bowl. You know, we're probably not going to re-sign Kaiser. You don't think somewhere along the line as you're preparing for the Super Bowl? Don't worry, I'll see you soon. You imagine having inside information on what guys they were going to keep and not keep and knowing the free agents to go after, potentially if you wanted to try to get one of them guys? You don't think any of that was spoken Howie's involved in everything, right? Setting the roster. You guys told me when I first got here, he used to hand Doug Peterson, he used to handle, hand Doug Peterson the active roster for Sunday's games. Or Jonathan Gannon handled the linebackers. And he was told, we're not bringing White back. Don't worry, play hard in the Super Bowl. I'll be seeing you soon. What's that mean? So he goes back to his agent and tells him, I think Jonathan Gannon got the Arizona job. All of a sudden, his agent is now in contact with the brand-new general manager of Arizona. And after the Super Bowl, he signs for $5.5 million. Probably coincidence, right? How do you know he wasn't sitting there and giving him a pitch? I mean, the Eagles didn't even get a chance to swing any, swing at any pitches with Kaiser White. Probably not bringing him back at five and a half, but five and a half is reasonable to bring a player back for another shot at an NFC title. I wonder if Kaiser White was offered that money in Philly. Would he have stayed? He was never offered that money. Why? Because how he had made the decision. And all of a sudden, there he is getting a contract from Arizona at five and a half. He made one four last year. So this guy got a this guy got a pretty substantial raise. You don't think he knew any of that or had any heads up on that? Probably not. Hey, and, and to John's point, what, Sills, you don't think this shit goes on when other coaches are getting opportunities? Yeah, but that's not the point. This was for the Super Bowl. Sure. You're four and 12 and you're playing against another four and 12 team. I'm sure that shit goes on all the time, but you're getting ready for the Super Bowl. It's a different ball game. This is the Super Bowl. And when John's like, you don't think he was working his hardest to prepare for the Super Bowl? No, I think he was, but I think he was also preparing for his new job with Arizona. How could you not? So what, you just want to run into that thing blind? I don't think so. You don't think he made a pitch to Kaiser White while as the D coordinator of the Eagles? Hey, to some of the people in Philadelphia, probably not. Because, you know, they got to get a key fob and go into the Novacare Center at times. Just saying. You don't think Howie Roseman is one pissed off dude at that? Giving trade secrets away? So Jonathan Gannon is talking to the brand-new general manager. Even John said general manager didn't know about the rule. He jumped the gun in contacting Jonathan Gannon. So what would make you think the general manager didn't jump the gun 
like players like Kaiser White or other players. Oh, okay. So, dude, when you make mistakes and you do illegal things, pleading ignorance is not a formula. Well, I didn't know. That's not an excuse, especially when you're GM of a football team or the potential head coach. That's not an excuse. Ignorance is not an excuse. But, you know, we're supposed to go, oh, you jumped the gun. You know, everyone does it. I don't care about everyone. I care it was the Super Bowl. Dude, the guy wasn't just preparing for a last game of the year. He was preparing for the last game of the year. And you don't think that there was some sort of like, Lack of preparation. If you're taking one second to look at the Arizona roster, you're taking time away from looking at Kansas City's roster. The GM didn't know, right, Chuck? Brand, hey, and, and Chuck, get this. So a general manager who was just hired in place of Steve Keim, who had a DUI left in shame to organizations under scrutiny from Park Avenue, and you're not crossing your T's and dotting your I with your new GM, and he's pleading I didn't know any rules? What kind of organization are you running in Arizona? So you hire another buffoon? That's how I look at it. I want an explanation of why he held no presser after the loss. Because yeah, he was on his way to Arizona. That's why, because he was on his way to Arizona. Dude, as soon as that game was over, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had the bags all packed up and they already had a house picked out. To keep the integrity of the game, that rule has to change, especially when you're in a Super Bowl. Big Seals, did you hear Mike Florio was a lawyer and he called it out? Totally, man. I don't care what some of the people in Philly media are saying. Hey, Jonathan Gannon's a quality guy. Quality guys do shady things too. Good people do shady things. Okay? They do. It's a shady move. And, dude, and just so happens they signed Kaiser White to a $5.5 million contract. Is it coincidence? I guess you could chalk it up to that. Okay. Big sales. Pack up your family, get to Philly. <laughs> Joe, thank you, man. Oh, Joe, you kidding me? They could barely handle me now, bro. <laughs> uh, what JM goes, white's a nobody. Well, you better hope that to do tomorrow, somebody then. So you thought Kaiser White was a nobody? We'll find out who N'Kobe Dean is, dude. Because he was nobody to be seen on that team last year. I sure hope he's better than him. We're going to find that out. He couldn't beat Kaiser White out. So wait a minute. N'Kobe Dean, who's the steal of the draft a year ago, couldn't beat Kaiser White out. But now he's a star. 
to Kobe. Really? We'll see. We'll see. Okay. And and then and then on top of that, just just look at the um look at the game plan in the second half. You had Eagle players running into one another. Andy was putting such a lesson on crossing routes in the second half. Eagle players were running into each other. I mean, it wasn't the offense that shit the bed. It was that defense. I mean, <laughs> you, had, you had people in the secondary were running into one another. I know what I'm doing right now, Tone's going like this. Hey, Sills, man, can we move on to a different topic? This thing here, man. Because I could, I could just, hey, I could, I could feel the heat, <laughs> yeah, from people right now. Okay, man, fans got to give Kobe a chance. Absolutely. My fear is that they built him up just so he can fall flat on his face. Let him touch the grass first. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. I haven't seen him on the grass yet. No pun intended. <laughs> Come on, Jacoby. We're rooting for you. I am. I am, really. I like the kid, man. I hope he does. Yeah. Dude, if Kobe Dean's worst problem is he smokes weed, it's a win for the Eagles. Because that means he's playing and starting. I'm good. Anybody come to me and go, hey, sales man, a player, he got caught for smoking weed. So I don't care. Did he hurt anybody? No. Was he DUIing? No. I don't care. I don't care. Okay? You beat a kid. You beat an adult. You beat an elderly person. You're shitty to animals. And you smack your wife around. Those are things I'm not tolerating in my locker room. Not having it. I told you this before. You got to stand for something or you'll fall for everything in life. Got to have, you gotta have to have something in your locker room you stand for. Look, dude, you could be, you could not be like the best friend on the planet, but you can't be a shitty teammate. Okay. You just can't be a shitty teammate. Dean was on a milk carton. Dude. They named the milk carton after N'Kobe Dean last year. Sorry, Tone. It's called the N'Kobe Dean billboard. Have you seen this kid? Call 1-800-Howie-Roseman if you've seen N'Kobe Dean. Um, he's been missing in person since the 2022 NFL draft. Have you seen this kid? <laughs> have, you, have you seen this kid? About six foot, I think. About 206, I think. He's been missing since the third round of the 2022 NFL draft. Call 1-800-NOVACARE. And if you want to text Howie Roseman, he'll be ready taking your calls if you've seen the Kobe Dean. He's on one of the big billboards. Have you seen this kid? <laughs> I don't you know what, relative, I I, I will do this. <laughs> I hate all of you. Tony. 
<clears throat> Look, I'm going to give him a shot at the title, too. All right, I got to take a timeout. Don't forget, Rick Barry is going to join us 5.30 Eastern time. Please hit the like button. Oh, my God, my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Brand new list. It's the first one of the year. It's the first one of the year. We got it next. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Redeeming, I don't know about you, Tone, or anyone else, but the only redeeming thing about the Knicks being in the playoffs is that I get to see Jessica Alba sitting there courtside. It's got to be the only thing that's worthy of me watching the Knicks series. It's her at Madison Square Garden sitting there courtside. That's it. 
she's still she's 42 years old she's still smoking i mean she's sitting there and i'm going like this i'm like okay uh yeah that's is that really her still holy cow oh i'm, I'm sitting there i don't care about Aaron rogers or any of that other shit man right as <laughs> a dime plus hey dude i'm with you man I'm like, okay, please, more shots of her and less of Spike Lee. Spike Lee, I don't know. Hey, I don't know who belongs in a formaldehyde jar more, Jack Nicholson at Laker games or Spike Lee at Nick games. Can we we please get some new dudes in the room? I mean, can can we kind of like, I mean, look, I love, hey, I love Joker too. I, I, I love the Joker. I love Malcolm X, okay? I love all that, man. I'm with you, too. But come on, man. We got to get some younger guys sitting at the... Jack Nicholson, man. I, I, I go, I thought he died. I didn't know he was still alive. I'm like, damn, dog. Just a couple more, like, you know, please, no, no Diane Cannons. I don't want any Diane Cannons, like, at, at like Laker games. No Diane Cannons. I can't have that. That's 80 shit. Okay. I want to look at something new. I like new. I know Neil. I, I I thought he was. I didn't. I go, there's Jack Nicholson. Holy shit. I thought he was dead. <laughs> hey, and by the way, too, guys. Um, hey, Sills. Look up how he's interview on WIP. Tuesday morning at nine. I've never heard him more mad. He couldn't even speak about it. About the Gannon thing? Yeah, I'm sure it's a nothing burger. You know, you know, John, John was trying to make it come off like it was a nothing burger. So how he was pissed? Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. The draft breakdown, here's how it went. Southeastern Conference, 62 players drafted. Big 10, 55. Why? I'll tell you why this is important. ACC, 32. Big 12, 30. Pac-12, 27. Let me show you this. How many guys are drafted total? Hey, Yale, do you guys know? Tone, you might know. How many guys are drafted total in the NFL draft? What's what what was the last player drafted? What's Mr. Irrelevance number? What's Mr. Irrelevance number? Does anyone know? 149. 57. 250? Okay. Let me see what Tone says here, too. 259, okay? 259 players. You ready for this? Of the 259 players drafted that can be drafted, 206 of them are from the Power Five. 206 of the 259 were drafted from Power Five conferences. The Power Five, SEC, Big Ten, ACC, 
Big 12 and Pac-12. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? Don't go into the North Dakota states. Don't go into the San Diego states. Don't go into the BYUs. Don't go into the smaller colleges any longer. You know why? It's not like it was back in the day where you can find a kid from Texas A&I or from Alcorn State. The transfer portal has changed it. BYU, don't recruit them guys, is what I'm saying. Don't recruit them. They're not in a conference. They're an independent. Don't recruit them. You may miss on one. Your chances of landing on a preeminent kid that might make your football team is better if you stay in the Power 5 sandbox. And when I say the transfer portal has ended all small colleges and non-Power 5, here's why. Well, I tried explaining this to people the other day, but they don't want to go down this line. If you're in a personnel department now and you see all these kids that are drafted, the entire first round, nobody was taken from a non-Power 5 school. Well, kids transfer. Look, the kid Gonzalez went from Colorado to Oregon. Here, here Again, you're no longer going to sit at Alabama as a second or third team guy. You're going to go to Mississippi State. And you may be a late bloomer. You may go in the fourth or fifth round. Or if you stayed at Alabama, you would never have been drafted. You would have been a UDFA, undrafted free agent, who probably would have made a team, but wouldn't have made the money because you stayed at Alabama third team. So nowadays, those kids are transferring to Mississippi State. They're transferring to Pitt, Miami, Tennessee. The transfer portal is ending the Sunbelt Conference Mountain West, all the rest of those shitty pro, all the rest of those shitty conferences. There's no reason to draft guys out of there anymore. You may get a flyer, but there's no reason. That transfer portal has ended. Also, just like I was telling you, one of the reasons why, and Dion got mad the other day about the HBCU schools. You're systematically ending any chances for those schools to have any kind of players that might transfer there. Because you know what? Instead of going to Jackson State, they're going to go to Ole Miss. Where years past, they would. Giants signed Dexter Lawrence four years, extension worth $90 million. He's now the third highest paid DT in the NFL. Had to pay him more than Javon Hardgrave because he's better. He's better. He's better. Even though he was a no-show in the Eagle game. And for that matter, maybe both Eagle games. Yeah, and Younger. Hey, he did get killed in the Eagle game. (laughs) Dude, that guy Dexter Lawrence, if I were him, I'd be circling them Eagle games. I'd be circling them Eagle games because you got to show up, dude. Jason Kelsey, 
and say Amalo and them guys beat the hell out of you. You need to play better. I I didn't see you're talking about milk carton. Hey, 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 Tone, you talk about milk carton? Well, <laughs> okay. He was on the milk carton. Kelsey and the I mean, dude, they killed him. They absolutely did. They they totally killed him. So again, that's one of the reasons how he's doing this right. Georgia, Bama, Illinois, all the all the schools. He never took a flyer on some small school anymore. You don't have to. And some would say, well, you may be met. No, you're not. <clears throat> you're taking more of a gamble on Trey Lance. You know what's funny about Carson Wentz? He did show promise. He did show promise, but once the coordinators figured him out, wouldn't you say this? That's kind of more what the what the case was with Wentz. They kind of figured him out. Once they figured him out, and then he didn't have the courage he had after he got injured, especially after the Seattle injury. I think he lost his courage. Honestly, I'll tell you my problem with Carson Wentz. Hey, you guys talk about the locker room stuff. I think he lost his courage. I did. I think after he got hurt, I think he lost his courage. Stand back there. Pat, 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 pat. Here's a, here's a typical Carson Wentz play. Pat, 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 sack, fumble, scoop, score, recovery, field goal, down three, down seven. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost like clockwork. Okay. Would you, Sills, who would you replace for Sayamalo? I'm going to give Jurgens a shot. Jurgens is going to be the guy. Okay. Yeah. And Jeremiah goes, how he learned after he took Rager from TCU um, and passed up on Jefferson. And see, I, I'm a big history on recruiting too and, and developing of players for the NFL. TCU offensive skilled players. LaDainian Tomlinson, and then who? Man, Ohio State develops wideouts, O-linemen, D-linemen, linebackers, secondary guys. The only position they don't is quarterback. Clemson, D-linemen, secondary guys, O-linemen, quarterbacks, running backs. Wideouts, LSU, Bama, Georgia. <laughs> like, I'm not going to Southern Cal for a quarterback. Caleb Williams, okay, good luck. Because they've all been great. Do you see the Pac-12 had the least amount of players drafted? 27. So you're going to draft a quarterback who plays against the shittiest opponents and the shittiest competition in the country and you're going to draft him number one overall. Good luck to you. Well, Hey, there's a reason the SEC, there's a reason USC's leaving the PAC 12. It's not the conference. It was players aren't staying in the PAC 12 anymore. You're on at midnight. USC get the reason SC's leaving who wants to watch a 10:30 Eastern game? 
with USC versus Oregon State. Who in, the, who in their right mind after watching a full day of college football, when you're watching SEC ball all day or Big Ten ball, or you're watching the ACC, and you're going to stay up till 1030, watch USC versus Arizona? You're not doing that. And you're not getting the economic money that those other programs get. No, that's why all the kids from California and the West Coast are coming east. That's why Howie's staying in the sandbox in the southeastern part of the country and took the kid who was recruited by Lovey Smith. And the rest of these guys were all coached by great programs. Who under right? I mean, Christian McCaffrey should have won the Heisman when he was at Stanford. But he's not going to win the Heisman. What? 1030 games at night? The Heisman voters are watching that? Do you know when I put my top 25 vote in every year or every week, I should say, during the season, I got to stay up even on my end to like 2.30 Eastern because the games in the West Coast aren't over with. And I have to sit there and wait when I put my top 25 together. (laughs) I got to take a timeout. Rick Barry's going to join us. We're going to ask his thoughts on Joel Embiid, the former MVP of the NBA. We'll get his thoughts. We see he's coming out of the East and West. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Also, my top 10 NFL quarterbacks, my first list of the year when it comes to your quarterbacks. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. football show. No disrespect to Joel Embiid. I'm an Iverson guy. I know you guys love him. Sorry. I'm an Iverson dude. <laughs> and, and by the way, when I grew up, I was a Dr. J guy, so he's probably second. All right, Dr. J was my favorite basketball player growing up. Big ass afro of his, man. Pumping the ball in the lane there with the Nets. I never watched Nick basketball. I watched him, man. He was unbelievable. Dude, when he got to the Sixers, he was good. Won an MVP award, I get it. Well, he was with the Nets. He was a freak show. Dude, he was an absolute freak show. That red, white, and blue ball, man, him taking off from the top of the key was Electric. Dude, the slam dunk contest, you'd think the NBA started that? The ABA did. That guy was unbelievable. Then I got a chance to be friends with him. Tone, you'll love this. Because he worked with the Magic, and he was part of the Magic organization, and they aired games on a station that I worked at, and he come in the building, and there's Dr. J. You're like, holy shit. One of my childhood idols growing up. I'm like, man, there comes Dr. J. He come down and sit down next to me, man. We just start talking. And I'm like, I got to tell you, man, you, Tom Seaver, Joe Namath, you guys were like, and probably, you know, I would say this, probably Willis Reed. These were when I was really a young kid. Those were my dudes. Clyde Frazier a little bit too. Those guys were, those guys were everything. The Yankees had, I, they had Munson. I love Munson, but. Tom Seaver was the shit. Steve Carlton versus Seaver at Shea. Go watch that one time. Game's over an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I went to a game at Shea. Got to remember, my cousin Bobby Valentine played for the Mets, right? So I go, hey, I go I go to Shea, Carlton and Seaver. Game's over, hour 40. Hour 40, over. Dude, Artis Gilmore. Hey, Rick Barry, who's going to join us at the bottom of this hour. Dude, that ABA was unbelievably great. For the record, Malone was going to go to Maryland. Then they gave him a, a contract, I think, for the Virginia Squires. And he played in the ABA for a bit. Then he went to the Rockets. Then he went to the Sixers. That guy was a – I don't believe in beads a better center than Malone. He's the third best center in Sixer history. 
And you know why I say that? Who's the most dominant center? Who's the most dominant center you think that Joel Embiid plays against today in the NBA? Who do you, who do you think is the most dominant center that he has to play? And then I'll throw Malone at you and go, Olajuwon, Ewing, Jabbar. You think the guy from Denver is really a physical special? I mean, you think the guy in Denver is in the same room with the guy that was in Los Angeles that wore number 33? I, I mean, you think that guy... Right? There's no centers. Right. Neil, it's all hybrid. It's all hybrid. Power forwards. They got two power forwards in the game now. And it's a perimeter game because of the three-point line. And I've always said this about Kareem. Who would you take with two minutes left in a basketball game if you had to win it? Jordan or Jabbar? Would you take a two-foot skyhook? Or would you take a 25-foot jump shot? Who would you take? Both guys won the same amount of titles. Both guys won the same amount of MVPs. Who would you take with two minutes left in the game? And by the way, Kareem was like an 90, 85% free throw shooter. He wasn't like Shaq. Would you take the two-foot sky hook or would you take Jordan with two minutes left in the game? I'm taking Kareem. Dude, as great as Jordan is, a 25-foot, the averages alone, think of that. The percentages alone, you're taking a higher percentage shot. Kareem took the lower percentage shot. Common sense tells you. That's right, man. Dude, two of the greatest names. Dude, I don't know. Who had a better Muslim name? And white dude name, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, or Luau Cinder, and Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> dude, those four of the greatest sports names of oh, Cassius Clay, Cassius Marcellus Clay, and 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 Luau Cinder. Dude, <laughs> I love Luau Cinder. What a great name! But Jabbar's even better. I love the. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Muhammad Ali. <laughs> okay. And, and, and their real names are Cassius, Cassius Marcellus Clay and Luau Cinder. Dude, it's really <laughs> – yeah, I'm changing my name. Damn, are you kidding me? Dude, you could – I don't think you could do that today because those names are you, – you, you could sell me a shirt that says Cassius Clay on it. Abdul Roof, I, I, I think he said – didn't um, – Abdul Roof, didn't he, wasn't he, wasn't he an LSU guy? Chris Jackson, right? I think his name is Chris Jackson. Right? So, hey, I'm sorry, man. He's not better than Chamberlain and Bede. And I think he's softer. Guy's always hurt. And and and, and for the record, do you wonder if if uh, I I just wonder this about Embiid. Do you think that he had such an emotional high winning the MVP that there's a little bit, and I know the injury too. I'm not, I'm not dismissing that, but you have to think maybe there's a little dip. 
after he win, wins it, kind of have to exhale. You know what I'm saying? Kind of exhale a little bit. You built this, built this, built this. You worked your ass off. You worked your ass off to get the MVP award. And all of a sudden, okay, you win it. That team looks, that team looked bad with him on the floor. I look bad. Never lost a game at Power Memorial High School. You're right, Pickin. And he lost one game at UCLA. So think about that. Hey, Pickin. So Lou Alcindor didn't lose a game at Power Memorial. He lost one game at UCLA. And then he brought the Bucks to an NBA championship. I don't know. <laughs> There's, I mean, there's very few guys that make the impact like that. And, you know, it's incredible. One of my favorite young players of all time. How about what Magic did to your Sixers? So Magic's a 20-year-old guy, takes over after Jabbar gets hurt in game five against Philly and goes for game six, 45, 14, and seven. Whatever, 44, 14, 44 points, 15 boards. I think it was like a seven assist to win game six. And he was 20. And he was 20 years old. And you got to remember, the year removed from winning the NC2A championship against Bird. And then go back in a five-year span. He won two Michigan State High School championships. He won the NCAA 79 title. In 1980, Magic won the NBA championship his rookie season in a four-year, in a five-year span. That's impact 20. That's impact. Big Sills, who would you rather have prime, Iverson or Steph? I'm taking Iverson. I'm just taking Iverson, man. I just think he has a will. And to me, Iverson versus Steph in a one-on-one, I'll take there's not a chance Steph Curry could defend Allen Iverson. I think Iverson could defend some of those perimeter shots. I think Iverson in a one-on-one, I would take Allen Iverson over Steph Curry in a one-on-one. Do crossed over Jordan. Do crust over Jordan, dude. No way. I, and, and I think Steph, Steph is fun to watch. Steph is fun to watch, but, dude, Iverson crossed over Jordan, and Jordan was still kind of in his prime. <laughs> I mean, AI's the shit, dude. Real quick, before I get to my top 10 and Rick Barry joining us, so Shohei Otani, according to Stephen A. Smith, can't be the face of baseball because he's an Asian-born player. Man, I'm glad I didn't say that. I don't believe that. I think talent is talent, no matter what you're done, no matter what your faith or religion or whatever your your folks are from or whoever you are. I don't think that has anything to do with now. Do I think being born in America? Versus being born in Europe or being born in Asia, does that have a difference in coverage? Yeah, I do. I think that. I do. I, I think nobody cares about Rory McIlroy. They care about American golfers. I completely agree with that. 
Okay, but I don't give a shit if you're Asian, Black, Puerto Rican, Dominican. I care you're great. Shohei Otani now becomes only the second man in baseball history to have 500 strikeouts and 100 home runs as a player. What? So Shohei Otani, anytime you're in a conversation with Babe Ruth and you're in a conversation pitching and hitting, I don't know how baseball doesn't promote this guy more. This guy is a modern-day Babe Ruth in better times, better traveling, better nutrition. He's bigger than Ruth. How are you not promoting this guy? How, how is he not every commercial on television, Shohei Otani? So you throw a 104-mile-an-hour fastball and you hit 43 bombs a year? I don't know what's wrong. Dude, you need Dana White or you need Vince McMahon to help you out here because that guy, Rob Manfred, is missing it. You are missing it. You missed it with Trout. You missed it with Griffey Jr. You did all this bullshit with around the steroid era. You didn't want to, instead of finding the guys for steroids, you should have been promoting bonds. Remember, sports needs villains. Baseball doesn't have any villains. When you have a villain like Bonds or A-Rod, your sport's in a better place. Iverson is a villain. I love it. You got to have villains. Baseball's cleaned their sport up so much, no one watches it. And you, get this, you could probably identify Ryan Tannehill more than you can Mike Trout. And Mike Trout's going to the Hall of Fame. Dude, they missed the boat. And when you got tools like Stephen A, well, he's Asian. What's that? No, Stephen, he's great. He's great. Remember they used to get on Bryce Harper's shit because he wore the gold shoes? I was like, great. Finally, somebody with some attitude. Somebody trying to bring something different. Then he had all the old curmudgeons. Uh, you know, act like you've been. Just shut up with that. No one cares about that anymore. Act like you've been there. Act like, dude, stop it. You got to get eyeballs on TV now. There's too many ways and too many things to do for too many people to sit there and watch your pro your product for two minutes. Baseball is in such a bad place, they had to put a clock on it. They had to put a clock on it. How dumb can you get? Well, you just watch baseball. Rob Manfred's the worst commissioner in sports. He's the worst commissioner. I get the NHL. It's a, nor it's a northern sport. It's a Canadian sport. I get it. Okay? And it's economically impossible to have blacks involved in hockey. Why? Well, have you ever tried buying a pair of skates? Pretty tough to go out and get inner city kids to play hockey when they're 600 bucks. So CCMs are 600 bucks. The gear itself is probably 800 bucks. What kid in his right mind has that kind of money? Inner city or non-inner city? You're never going to get all of the American kids to play hockey. It's too expensive. You get 18 guys 
white kids and black kids to pitch in for a basketball, you're ready to roll. Toy soccer in other countries is great. You don't get hijacked like you do here in the States where you have to go to those camps. Soccer is for the poor around the world, except for America. That's why we suck at it. We suck at soccer because we, we take advantage of the kids that play the sport in this country. When you're in Argentina, you're a poor kid, you can play. When you're a poor kid in America, you can't play soccer. You can't. Okay. It's like 4500 a year for the equipment. KC, it's impossible. Dude, when you look at it and you try to go, I went to my grandparents. They're like this. How much are the skates? 458 bucks. What? 458 and they were secondhand. All right. Big Sills. Top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Are you ready? My first list of the year. Number 10. From the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson. Number nine. Dak is back. Dallas Cowboys. Number eight. Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville Jaguars. Number seven. Lamar Jackson. Ravens. Top 10 quarterbacks. Big sills. Number six. Justin. I need to get paid. Herbert. Charges. Number five. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Number four, Aaron. I sit courtside next to Jessica Alba Rogers. New York Jets. Number three, from the city of brotherly love, Jalen. Hurts. Number two. From Cincinnati. Joe Burrow. And number one. From the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick. Mahomes. Watson at 10. Dak at 9. I'm going to talk about Dak in a minute here. Trevor Lawrence at 8. Lamar Jackson, seven. Justin Herbert, six. Allen, Buffalo Bills, he slid. Five. Aaron Rodgers, Jets, four. Hurts, three. Burrow, two. Mahomes, one. That's the best quarterback in the NFC. How you doing? Really? We're going to get to Dak here in a minute. 
Dak is back. Josh made the list. He's number five. Andy Dalton. He beat the Eagles last year. 88% completion percentage against your boy Jonathan Gannon. Awful sales. No respect for Hurts. No, I gave him total respect. Joe Burrow's been to two AFC title games in a Super Bowl. Jalen's been to one. He's more accomplished. Patrick Mahomes won Super Bowls. So you want me to put Jalen ahead of a guy who had one year where another guy who's had two consecutive years going to two AFC championship games? It's not happening. It's not happening. Jalen was destroyed in the first playoff appearance. Burrow went to a Super Bowl, was a quarter away from winning it, just like Jalen. He's more accomplished. He's done more than Jalen has. So I put him ahead of Rodgers. Jesus criminy. Rodgers, a four-time MVP. What more do you want? (laughs) I mean, dude, for me to put Jalen Hurts ahead of Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, I don't know. Hang in there. (laughs) Hang in there a little bit. You'll be all right. (laughs) I mean, he is ahead of Aaron Rodgers. So Jimmy G is more accomplished than Hurts with that logic. Are you really trying to say that you think that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow? Well, here, let's do this. If you take the accomplishment, the team accomplishment away from Jalen and both players, who's done more statistically? Burrow. If you take the Super Bowl away from Jalen, he's not more accomplished than Burrow, and he's not a better player. He is not a better ball player. Jalen Hurts has had one season, one. That's it. And I put him ahead of Rodgers. Okay, you think he is? It's fine. I'm not debating it. I'm going by their resumes. Herbert, Jalen's ahead of Herbert. Lamar Jackson's behind Justin Herbert because he's been injured. Here, Mahomes, because he's won. Joe Burrow, because he's been consistently good. Jalen's had one year of being good. One year, that's it. One season of being good. No other way to look at it. Jalen Hurts has had one season of being good. The fact that Jalen is above Rodgers on your list is a win for me. Dirty D. Um, We're going to find out a lot about Jalen this year and Joe Burrow this year. By the way, this is all moving pieces. The only guy that's going to be solidified at the top of that list and what he's done over the last five years has been Mahomes. Mahomes could go 0-16 this year and still be the number one quarterback. Because of his elite consistency. Here, let me let me let me throw that out at you again. Okay. 
Yelko, he's been ascending over the last three years. Are you under some sort of guise that Joe Burrow hasn't been ascending over the last three years also? Is that what you're saying too, Yale? That you think Jalen has ascended more than Joe Burrow? I don't. I, I, I do not. By the way, he's got great talent around him. So does your dude. And he had the 28th worst O-line in the NFL. Jalen Hurts cannot perform behind the 28th worst O-line in the league. That guy has. And he's in an organization that's a shit environment with Mike Brown. Okay. Jalen has better talent around him. He does. And Burrow is still winning in spite of the shitty O-line. Okay? Dude, he's third. Relax. All good. Your boy's getting there. Dan, Lamar does not suck. It sucks that Lamar's been injured. Okay? Um, yeah, and, and, and by the way, Burrow over... Jalen, hey, man, I would say of all these quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, most pressure. Let me say this to you. Do you know that this is the Dak Prescott's deals up in 2024? Do you know that? If you're the Cowboys, do you extend them? Do you start talking extension now with Dak? Yes or no? Do you start talking extension with Dak? Yale says no. You, you, you're not giving Dak an extension. Let me let me let me send this to um Rick Barry. See if we can chase down Rick here. They should extend Dak for life. Why? Dak Prescott, $50 million? He's one shit. Dak is not, I'm not paying Dak anymore. Dak doesn't win this year. I think this year's a big year for Dak Prescott. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys and this guy shits the bed again, and he doesn't get this team to an NFC title game, I don't know how you keep going along with it. You're burning money. If you could move on from Derek Carr, you got to move on from Prescott. I don't know how you sit here and you're not prepared to play here and you're not prepared to sit here and start having a come-to-Jesus conversation. When is Dak going to win? Dude, going 12 and 5 every year is not good enough when you're making $50 million. Jalen Hurts is in this conversation now, guys. Jalen Hurts is in this conversation. You think they're going to pay Jalen Hurts $51 million just to win NFC East titles? Your guy's in the line now. No longer is it about, well, hey, you'll get four grand passing and we'll do. That means nothing. 
He's in the land of expectations now, Jalen Hurts. This is not just about sitting around going like this. Hey, you see that season, Jalen? I don't care about that. You know what, quite frankly, when someone told me or they start talking to me about Patrick Mahomes breaking the single-season passing record and throwing for 40-some-odd touchdowns, I don't care because I'm, I'm now gauging you against Brady, Manning, and Montana. The rest of it is it means nothing. They're empty calorie conversations. And Dak is in the land of empty calorie conversations. Dak Prescott is the black version of Kirk Cousins. He's Kirk Cousins. Him and Kirk Cousins. Or cousins. <laughs> They're cousins. What's different? There's only one thing different about them two dudes. One plays in Minneapolis, and the other one plays in Dallas. They cousins, right, Tyler? <laughs> Dude, they're, they're very... There's only one thing different than them two dudes. Well, the helmet. Okay, there's two. What do they won? They've won nothing. Kurt has more money? I don't know about that. Well, hey, hey, Tone, can you make sure we send that to, um, I know you probably did. It's Rick. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna kick my ass for it see if we could send him that link again i know you i told him you don't have to tell me i know i was sending for it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh man okay <laughs> Man, I might have to speak up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. You never know. <laughs> oh, I hope they keep Dak. I know. Hey, see, Matt's an Eagle fan. Dude, I pray to God they keep Dak and Jerry. Hey, for the record, you see what the Cowboys are talking now? Contract extension with CeeDee Lamb. Another dude they're going to overpay. CeeDee Lamb, if CeeDee Lamb played on the Eagles, he'd be the third receiver. Am I wrong? <laughs> hey, Eagle, am I wrong? If CeeDee Lamb played in Philly, he'd be the he'd take Quez's job. Right? But the Cowboys are going to pay him Top flight money. It just makes no sense. It, it, it just makes no sense. Absolutely. I mean, but the Cowboys, they run into this all the time. Let's see. We sent it again. Jesus, Grammy. Okay. I don't know. Um, 
Tell him to check his spam. Where did you send it? Tone, can you call him, please? Can you can you just please let me I want I don't want to be producing the show on the fly here. Oh thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Just check it. Um Dallas needs a GM, but the owner is the is in love with him. The owner becomes in love with every single one of his guys that he drafts. Do you understand? What happens with Jerry is Jerry loves the guys he drafts so much that there's not a buffer in the middle. The owner drafts the players is the biggest mistake you can have because the owner falls in love with them and the owner wants to do right by them. And there's no guy in the middle. There's just no guy in the middle. Let me take a timeout, see if we can rectify this. And we'll do it. Keep it here. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, got fake them Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
Pick Sales National Football Show. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. We always switch it up. By the way, next week we're going to have George Foreman on with us talking about his new movie. But without further ado, and I got to say, I think these NBA playoffs have been compelling. The legend himself, Rick Barry, joins us now. Rick, these these playoffs are reeling me back in. I'm enjoying them right now. And I think it's the element of surprise in what we're seeing with many of these series. Well, no question about that. It's uh, I always say, always expect the unexpected when it comes especially to the NBA. Just crazy things can happen in the basketball game, as we've seen. Um, I mean, I can give you a litany of things and say, okay, if this were to happen, what do you expect would be the result? Um, and you would probably say, well, that's crazy. It can't be that. It can't happen like that. I mean, would you think that the Sixers can beat the Boston Celtics in game one without Embiid, and then they come back and get absolutely humiliated in the game with Embiid? I, it's, it is so crazy. I tell people, they say, you know, a lot of times they ask me, you know, well, who do you think is going to win? How the hell do I know who's going to win? If I knew who was going to win, I would be betting all the time and I would be a multimillionaire. I have no idea. I wouldn't bet a nickel on a basketball game because I know I was part of the greatest upset in the history of the sport. So I know what can happen. Crazy things can happen. That's the beauty of sports is that that's why you have to play the games. And with some of the injuries that have taken place, that's had a dramatic impact on things as to how the team going to form when you don't have some of your star players available. I mean, the Bucks basically almost the first three games, they didn't have Giannis. And then amazingly, and you talk about craziness, the Bucks losing double-digit leads in two games in the fourth quarter. I mean, especially one at home. When they, I mean, are you crazy? I mean, nobody nobody would believe that that could happen. Well, the game's going to happen, but the Bucks are going to have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. But they're going to lose the game to the Miami Heat. You would have said you're out of your mind, you know? So it's uh, it's fun in that respect. It really is. And a lot of people didn't expect the Warriors with how bad they've been on the road to come back and play and win a game seven after embarrassing, I think, themselves the way they played in game six with the closeout game with all the experience that they had to lose that basketball game and having a chance to win game two on the road, but they let slip through their fingers. And then they go out and have that performance. But see, that's what happens. So many variables are there. I think what happened in game seven, credit to the Warriors for playing well, but that's a very inexperienced team, the Kings, right? Probably the most important game that those players have played in their life. No game they've ever played, college or whatever, had the importance of that game, a game seven at home in the NBA playoffs trying to win a world a championship. And they didn't perform to the level that they had performed previously. And so that's the that game and the interesting part of sports. Rick and Bede winning the MVP, and I know you believe that, you know, both conferences should have an MVP, a dual MVP like Major League Baseball does, but you it's cool the dumbest with- thing. Let me get on it. It's the dumbest thing the NBA does. And they've done it for decades. I've talked to Dave Zern, God rest his soul. They don't ever listen to anything that I say. God forbid that I would have an idea that would be good for them. To have a one MVP in an unbalanced schedule is the dumbest thing ever. No sport does it. It makes no sense whatsoever. I, I don't, well, I don't know. I'm not sure about hockey, but I think they have two MVPs. But anyway, it's not, it's crazy. I mean, come on. It's the Joker in the West Coast. Easy. Right. Easy. Yeah. You can have a discussion about who you think should have won in, you know, in the, in the Eastern Conference. But to have one doesn't make any sense whatsoever. OK, so I got that. Uh, away. What about Embiid, though? Were you, were you cool with it? I mean, runner up two years in a row. Did, 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 
Well, did you have a problem with her? And some of these people let their emotions factor in, and I don't think they like giving MVPs to three guys who three times because it puts them up in the stratosphere with some of these other great players that were there. So I think they take that into account. Wow, if he is good, it has no bearing on it. What happened in the past is in the freaking past. If a guy deserves to have the MVP award, he should get the freaking MVP award regardless of what happened in the past. That has no bearing on it. It's crazy. It's the same thing with the with the Draymond Green suspension. Well, based upon his past behavior, well, who the hell cares what his past behavior was? You're judging him on what took place in that particular game. That game did not deserve a suspension by no way, shape, or form. It was not a malicious thing. It was ridiculous. And I don't understand how people let these outside influences have an Hopefully we can connect again with him. Tony, let's see if we can reconnect here because Rick was on a tangent here. Let's see if we can reconnect here with him here and see if we can get that. I think Rick was maybe not a fan. Of- Back again. So I'm just saying, what, what, you know, who cares? I mean, but hey, yeah, was he deserving of it for himself? Yeah, sure. Great. I mean, you could have picked him. You could have picked this. But you, I, don't, I, I can't pick either one of them over the Joker. I'm sorry. I think the way he plays and the stuff that he does, as much more for his team than either of those two guys do. So you think the Joker should have been the MVP over Embiid? Yeah. But but Embiid should have been the MVP of the East Conference because they should have had two MVPs. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do. Hey Rick. Let's let's do this. Why do you think they struggled more with Embiid on the floor to the Sixers than with him off the floor? And they got that win. Um, Give me your sense. Is is it harder to get a guy like that back in rotation? Or again, is it Doc? No, it's absolutely not Doc. Because don't get me started on Doc Rivers. Uh, So, no, it's about the fact that the Boston Celtics embarrassed themselves by losing game number one to a team without the league's MVP playing in it and lost at home. So that team was so focused and so committed to want to go out and take care of business, which they did, okay? And that shows you what can happen when your head's in the game and you're focused. And that was an embarrassment for the Boston Celtics to lose that first game. It really was. And a tribute and credit, you know, to, to, to Harden. I mean, that's probably the best playoff game he's ever had. I mean, a remarkable performance on his part. And so they came out, they, they vindicated themselves without question. And it was really kind of embarrassing, though, to see how poorly the uh, the 76ers played. But in, in, in a situation like that, what happens is, is that guys, sometimes they're happy. They got the home court advantage back. That's not enough. You know, this other team's good enough to beat you one time at home. You can't be assured that you're going to win all of your games at home. And so you should be coming out ready to try and win that third, that second game and give yourself a tremendous advantage going home with a two to nothing advantage. And I think that's a bit of a mental letdown. So much of the game when you play is the mental preparation that you put into it. It's one of the reasons Tiger Woods was so great in his career doing it, his mental toughness. And that's the hardest thing is to get players in any sport or in life in general to stay focused for extended periods of time. Because if you're not focused, you're not going to be as sharp as you should be. You'll be a half a step late doing things. And in basketball, if you're a half a step late, you are history. Rick, last question on that series. Um, do you think the Sixers are kind of taking advantage a little bit of the coaching too? I mean, he is a young guy. He's a new head coach. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed that there was some situational like um, 
um, changes that he was going through and he kind of put him in a poor position. It just, it, it just seemed like Doc out coached him in that first game and he had no answers for what they were doing. Now, again, like you said, Harden was unconscious. I mean, he was just, he was just unbelievable. It was probably the best game, like you said, postseason for him ever. It's probably, you think it's a combination of all that? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, certainly a coach who hasn't been there before, he needs to make adjustments. That's the biggest part of a coach. It's like a chess match. Your opponent does something, then you do something else. Unfortunately, in basketball, you don't have the opportunity to sit there with a clock and a timer to make sure you make the next move. you got to do it instantaneously. <laughs> so you've got to be able to do things on the fly. And you always try to keep yourself having the upper hand based upon the matchups and how things are going and change things a little bit. So that's the critical element, I think, of of, of the coaching aspect of it. So, uh yeah, he's and he'll learn through that. That helps to make you a, a better coach when you have the experience. Because there's no somebody once said the quickest way to learn how to do something right is to do it wrong. <laughs> Correct. I mean, you learn from failure. You don't learn from success here. Well, smart people learn from failure. Not everybody does. I get it, Rick. This is this a media is this a media question here? Who needs this series more, Steph Curry or LeBron? Nobody needs neither one. Needs it, needs it. That's just, that's crazy. These guys I've are embarrassed even asking you that. No, they're they're hall of they're hall of fame players, and the amount of championships that you win are irrelevant in the scheme of things as to whether or not you're a great great basketball player. It's a matter of whether you're fortunate enough to be at in a franchise on a team that is smart enough to put good great players around you and good players around you to give you a chance to win because you don't win by yourself. And that's the unfortunate thing is when they do this, I see they gave more credit and stuff to Larry Bird and these guys because they were on more championships teams. Well, hell, look at the personality. Have. Take a bunch of other guys who weren't on championships teams, stick them on that team or have those guys playing with them. They'd have a hell of a lot more championships. So what does that have to do with giving a guy more credit for his talent and his ability and his ranking in the hierarchy of things? OK, and, you know, and who cares what happened in the past? Stop comparing anybody to what happened in the past. Do it by the time they're playing in the decades that they're playing in. You know, do them a favor. I mean, just to show you. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, Kendrick Perkins is this great guru of basketball. Yeah, okay, great. Yes. Kendrick Perkins. He came out with a team. He came out with a team and didn't have Will Chamberlain listed on it as top players. Are you out of your freaking mind? I mean, Kendrick Perkins has no idea. He would, you know, Will Chamberlain would have had him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. And that's an insult to Will Chamberlain. Okay. I'm sorry, Kendrick. You know, you're out there, you're fun to watch doing it. You're getting a lot of stuff. Good for you. God bless you. But, you know, do some research. Okay. Hey, Rick, I said that Embiid's the third best center in the history of that franchise behind Malone and Will. I just, yeah. as good as I think Embiid is, who is he playing against? Who, who, where, there's no centers. They're all, they're all power forwards playing the five now. Well, he, I mean, he's still, he's a hell of a player. I mean, he really is. You I think mean, he's, he's better, Malone? He's, He's well, he has more, he could do more things than Malone could do. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay. no question about it. No, no, no question about it. His greatest so most like my teammate. He's a teammate and a dear friend. I mean, hell, I was with him two days before he died, which was really sad. And no, I mean, great player, but it doesn't yeah. didn't have the skill level that Embiid has. He couldn't go out and shoot three point shots. He couldn't put the ball on the floor so and you do think the things he's like a king. Does. Yeah, he's Embiid is a, a bigger version of, of Olajuwon, but not quite as athletic. Huh. Wow, that's great respect for you, Rick. I mean, really, man. So you well, he's a talent. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't play. He play. He's a, he's kind of an anomaly the way he plays the center position. I mean, well, he, that more talent does more things than Will Chamberlain did. 
But he couldn't – what he does, he wasn't as great at some of the other things, the scoring, but there's nobody like Wilt that's insane, blocking shots, things of that nature, rebounding. But, you know, come on. He puts it on the floor. He goes to the basket. He can shoot the ball mid-range. He can shoot three-point shots. He's got good touch, shoot free throws. He's a hell of a player. I mean, I tell you what, I'd love to, I, hey, I would love to play with him as my center, I'd, you know, in a heartbeat. And I played with some great ones against a lot of great ones. I would love to be playing with Joe, you know, Joel and B. Hey, Rick, final question for you here. Have you ever in your life seen a guy like Butler who, if he played like that in a regular season, this guy would win runaway MVPs all the time? I mean, Rick, I've never seen a guy just flip a switch and you look at him and go, that's not regular season, Jimmy Butler. That guy gets in the postseason, Rick. He's unguardable. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's a great player. And the thing is, is that he's doing what you have to do, is that you have to elevate your game in the playoffs. I mean, I think what's if people really want to do and look at some players and start talking about how really tremendous and all they were, look at their statistics for their career in the regular season and look at their statistics in the playoffs and see how they did in the playoffs. Because because the way the game is officiated and there's this new rule book that I've never seen that they allow the game to become mayhem that you would get arrested on the street for doing to your opponent what you what they allow them to do on the court, which in my mind is giving the less skilled player an advantage because it doesn't take any talent to do those things, to hold and grab and shove and push. And I said this year after year after year, and they never pay any attention to me. I actually had an, an, an interesting conversation with an NBA official about things and talking about the block charge and the, what they have to go by is wrong in their rule book, you know, into the act of starting his active shooting. No, once the guy picks his dribble up, the only reason I pick my dribble up is because there's an opening for me to go to the basket. And so I pick my dribble up to go. If there's any movement by the defender after I've had two hands on the ball, regardless of whether I started my upward motion or not, that's a block. He's not entitled to that spot. I am. And so what they have to go by is wrong. They need to change that. And that's one of the calls that, you know, takes place and, and really screws things up. But, you know, that's kind of the way, that's kind of the way it, it is. is. It's not a perfect hey, world, you know. Hey, hey, Rick, tell folks where they can find you and tell folks what you're working on. Please. Well, yeah, Rick 24, Barry, on the social media stuff, but uh, medicileaf.com, M-E-D-I-C-I-L-E-A-F.com. And uh, allomd.com and gosleeves.com. And those are all great things for products that I use on a regular basis from cannabinoid products to stuff for your knees and Achilles and elbows and stuff, sleeves. And then also allomd has great products as well, as well as Medisaleaf. So check them out. RB24, small RB24 is the code to get a really nice discount. And I, I hope they work for you as well as they work for me because I use those things all the time. Never play pickleball without my ghost sleeves on or without using my you know, LOMD products or medicinally products. Just give them a shot. Try them out. All the best. And uh, go Warriors tonight. They This is a must win for them, obviously. Absolutely. Rick, I love talking to you. We're going to catch up in the next couple of days if you have time for us. Thank you so much for always doing this for me. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, folks. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard with us. We love you guys so much, man. I really appreciate it. Tone, spectacular stuff as always. Hey, guys. Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much. Don't forget tomorrow, 3 to 6, and we'll see you on the flip side.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.